questions if all you want are lies cause this ain't paradise and don't claim forgiveness because love never tries and this ain't We're just going to let that finish playing. Welcome to the daily lesson. Today we're on lesson 269. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. If you'll notice, and on uh, Sunday I kind of pointed this out as well, if you notice, our more recent lessons in this uh, theme of what is the body has to do a lot with sight. 
And also, if you are willing to let it be so, remember that we are not accomplishing something that has, um, how, I, how will I say this, has never been done. We're simply acknowledging what is always true. And so it, it seems like it has never been done because you do not remember in your experience yourself as you are, as God created you. But remember, time did last only an instant in your mind with no effect, and all time is past. Remember, we're looking on a journey that has already been accomplished, is already true. Everything as God created it, created you, created his one son as you, as everything. That is always true. That is true here and that is true now. So my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. And so when you, uh, when we practice this lesson, we're simply acknowledging what truly can be seen. And I say seen in, in a particular way. Your sight is holy simply because you recognize that everything is as you are, which is as God created it, as God created you. And so this is really a lesson in true humility. And, you know, was it yesterday we practiced or was it, um, yeah, it was yesterday, let everything be exactly as it is. This is really no different. You're really, 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 when I say really, not really like, oh, just as a nice thing to say, but no, really, let everything be exactly as it is. Because only everything exactly as it is is what is real, right? Not, not what you've made of it. So once again, I just really want to thank you for being here, and I want to just express my deepest, heartfelt love and appreciation for you and the, the fact that we have been given this uh, message, that we, it is in our hand, that we are comprehending this message, not through a, just a intellectual or conceptual understanding, but through our heart and mind and our own being that we know that this is so. And so that is what we're all about. That is our only purpose for being here. And this is what we are going to also remind ourselves as we review once again, what is the body. So We'll be about that, but let's just take another moment and um, spend a quiet moment with our Father. And I'm going to play the instrumental version of Come to Peace.
Thank you so much. Isn't that beautiful? So here we go again. What is the body? Like you've never heard it. Even though this is the ninth day, you never heard it. And this is, this, this is an amazing idea because always you're just dragging a past memory of what you heard before. And that's okay. But in this practice, we allow ourselves to hear anew. Not that what you heard, let's say, before wasn't completely valuable, but everything takes on, let's say, how would I say this, like more dimensionality, more meaning, more richness. It becomes richer in your mind. And so if you, all, if you come with an attitude, I already know that, you preclude that possibility of letting it broaden in your mind. Because your mind will automatically make the necessary correlations for you to see for yourself that there is nothing isolated or alone. Everything is connected, I'll say it that way, yes? And so, you know, this is a a practice of letting go. You're not trying to make anything come about, and at the same time you want to be alert in your mind. So without attempting to, trying to define it and, and isolate it, let it expand and enrich. Okay, what is the body? The body is a fence the Son of God imagines he has built to separate parts of his self from other parts. Okay, if we just stay with that sentence alone. So it's an imagining, which means right now, even though there appears to be a fence, we know that it's an hallucination, it's imaginary, it's not true. This brings us back to a lesson, I think it is 184, the name of God is my inheritance, right? You see separate things all about you, you think there's nothing where there is unity, but in fact, everything right now is a reflection of light. That the fences, they appear to be so, but appearances deceive because they are appearances. It's not that they don't appear to be so. It does appear to be so, right? But your mind, you know in your mind the nature of the appearance. It's a dream, right? It's a hallucination. It's not true. Okay, so it is within the fence, it's within this fence, he thinks he lives to die as it decays and crumbles. Wow, so you, if it's not really there, how could you even live within it, right? But so in your imagination, you identify with this fence and you think you live in this and so your life ends when it appears to die and decay. But what was never real, what was never true, cannot die and decay. 
And this is your, this is given you, this is given you to see beyond it. And this is an interesting word in our lesson today, and we're, I'm not going to say it right now, but this absolutely uh, expresses this. Good morning. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're all here. Um, but it's, it's, it's amazing because, you know, it's, think of it as this. You're not attempting, and I, believe me, I'm just really talking to myself. I'm going through my own, how it occurs in my mind. But, you know, you, you let go of the idea that you're trying to acquire something. You just completely let it go. Whatever you think that is, whatever you think enlightenment is, whatever you think whatever. The acquisition of true perception, which is the second part of the workbook, the one that we're in now, is really the letting go of everything else. This was the undoing, the first part of of the workbook, right? So you're just letting everything be. So just think of it this way. Nothing is, is as you ever thought it was. So now you're embarking on, let's say, uh, we just got done with the series with the Master Teacher, the Great Experiment series. This is an invitation to a great experiment. Let this be a thought experiment. But you take your thought experiment through the day with you and you literally see that it is true. That's the amazing part. But you can't, that's why you cannot lay it down and just go about what you've always known. You, you are the experiment yourself. So let it be so, because there's always a wonderment available. There's always an aha. Uh-huh. There's always an excitement. Right? You, there's no loss in this. What you think you're going to lose, you actually never wanted anyway. This is what's so incredible. Okay, let me just get back to our lesson now. <laughs> you don't, the thing is, is you don't really want any definition of yourself. Not really. You think you do because you think you are identified with this and that you have to be something. No, you already are as God created you. And that doesn't require a definition. That can only be an experience. And so now you're like, okay, I'm, I, I, I leave my mind uncluttered so what is always there can dawn on my mind. It is revelatory. Yeah, All true learning is revelatory. Mm-hmm. This comes from the Endeavor Academy Journal. It's true. All true learning is revelatory. You know, what you taught yourself doesn't really have any meaning at all. So now you're free. So thank you so much. Okay, so it's within this fence he thinks he lives. To die is a decays and crumbles. For it is within this fence he thinks that he is safe from love. Identifying with his safety, he regards himself as what his safety is. How else could be certain, could he be certain he remains within the body, keeping love outside? And you know, just even conceptually, that this idea of uh, 
attempting to not identify as love, to keep love outside because you want to put, make love in your own definition. Really, truly, you, when, uh, love, there is no love but God's. Love as it is, is not, doesn't have to do with the idea of exchange. That's just mutual seeming fulfillment of need. No, all need is actually been fulfilled and it never was true by virtue of the love of God. You know, I'm in need of nothing but the truth. The truth is my only need because I've denied I am that love, having identified myself as a body. No more. There's no need to do it anymore. So this is great. You know, we just go through a, a little um, process in our minds here where we look at it for ourselves to know that this is where we want to keep our minds active. It's always a quick forgetting, and yet remembering is always here and now. Here and now, right? Let it be so. Relax. Relax in the truth. You know, refuse, renounce the option to change your mind. This is what your only purpose could ever be. Right? I refuse to change my mind. And if I stumble and fall, okay, well, I've stumbled and fell. I pick myself back up and I move on. Yes? Okay. The body will not stay. Yet, these, yet this he sees as double safety. And this is the idea that a human, a limited idea of yourself, the belief that you are a body, needs to die. You need the proof that you were right. And you use this idea of death to attempt to prove it. And I remember so clearly uh, when I first sat in front of the master teacher, he said, Tell me what it's like to die. You can't, because you never can die. You can't. So you resist this idea called death, and you don't even know what it is. Because it's an impossible idea. It's impossible. And so you go through all of these machinations with this idea of a body and say, oh, that. And Juby always brings this up. You always notice that it's never you. So-and-so dies, but it's never you. It's never you. She reminds me, reminds us of that. It's true. It's never you. And if it is you, you just watch yourself trying to die. You know that you can't. (laughs) It's not true. Okay, but you count on this idea. And, you know, and... You can be very deeply steeped in it, like you watch all the pain and suffering that goes on around you, and, oh, isn't this horrible, such and such has happened. No, all pain and suffering is needless. And if it seems to be there, then give it the purpose of remembering that it's not necessary. It need not be. It need not be. So you, you, you give it the purpose, and then 
it has give, it's fulfilled its purpose. Okay, so the body will not see, stay, yet this he sees as double safety, for if the Son of God's imper- for the Son of God's impermanence is quote-unquote proof his fences work and do the task his mind assigned to them. For if his oneness still remained untouched, who could attack and who could be attacked? Who could be victor? Who could be his prey? And who could be victim? Who is the murderer? And if he did not die, what proof, again in quotes, is there that God's eternal son can be destroyed? The body is a dream. We're going to say it again. The body is a dream. The body is a dream. The body is a dream. Like other dreams, it sometimes seems to picture happiness, but can quite suddenly revert to fear where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. Only love creates in truth. What is created is love. Think about that for a second. Let that be so. Only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. As you have been created, as God created you, fear is impossible. What is it? from I am as God created me, evil is not real, and misery and death do not exist. For I am still as God created me. Right? So if you are in fear, it is not true. It's simply not true. And so there's no point in trying to defend yourself from that which you fear. It's not true. Lay down the fear. There's nothing to fear. Okay. The body is a dream, like other dreams, that sometimes seems to picture happiness, but can quite suddenly revert to fear, where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. Made to be fearful, must the body serve the purpose given it. But we can change the purpose that the body will obey by changing what we think it is for. So we don't have to oppose anything here. It's simply a change of purpose, a change of mind about the purpose of the body. The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity. Though it was made to fence him into hell without escape, Yet has the goal of heaven been exchanged for the pursuit of hell. The Son of God extends his hand to reach his brother and help him walk along the road with him. Now is the body holy. Now it serves to heal the mind that it was made to kill. This is so reminiscent of me back in thinking, I think it's lesson 158. Um, I just have to, uh, let me, I'm going to put a piece of music on. I just have to turn to it um, very briefly. Let me put something on and we'll come back to it. We'll play Amazing Grace. Mm -hmm. 
turn it down and let it continue in the background. Um, so the lesson that I just want to review a little bit is 158. And I'm, today I learned to give as I receive. And we're just going to do a couple paragraphs. And it starts like this. What has been given you? The knowledge you are a mind, in mind, purely mind, sinless forever, wholly unafraid because you were created out of love. That's been given you. Nor have you left your source remaining as you were created. This was given you as knowledge which you can not lose. It was given as well to every living thing, for by that knowledge only does it live. That, that answers everything. It answers everything. That is the knowledge. Okay. And since we're dealing today with this idea of my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face, Christ's face, it's a little bit of a tongue twister for me, um, I want to jump down to paragraph, and this is the lesson we talk about, time is a trick, a sleight of hand, you know. This is an amazing lesson. You could go back and reread it. But anyway, I'm going to jump down to the two, three, four, five, six paragraph, I think it is. Christ's vision has one law. It does not look upon a body and mistake it for the, for the Son whom God created. It beholds a light beyond the body, an idea beyond what can be touched, a purity undimmed by errors, pitiful mistakes, and fearful thoughts of guilt from dreams of sin. It sees no separation, and it looks on everyone, on every circumstance, on all happenings and all events, without the slightest fading of the light it sees. This can be taught and must be taught by who, by all who would achieve it. Wow. It requires but the recognition that the world cannot give anything that faintly can compare with this in value, nor set up a goal that does not merely disappear when this has been perceived. And this you give today. See no one as a body. Greet him as the Son of God he is, acknowledging that he is one with you in holiness. Wow. We're just going to leave it there. And we're going to go back to the last uh, paragraph of what is the body. You will identify with what you think will make you safe. Whatever it may be, you will believe that it is one with you. Your safety lies in truth, not in lies. 
Love is your safety. Fear does not exist. Identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find yourself. So let's just play us a song. It's interesting, you know, um, I just this thought occurred to me today, and that, you know, everyone seems to be looking for the love, the love of their life. Yeah, I want to find the love of my life. And I want to spend all my time with the love of my life. <laughs> but think about it. God himself has said, and I'm just going to use these words, you are my love, you are my life. And your words are, you are my love, and you are my life. In other words, as you are, right? Jesus expressed it from the Bible. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, your heart, and your soul. And the second commandment is like unto your first. Uh, like unto the first, love your neighbor as yourself. You being the love of God, by your very nature, you love. If you think there is something else, you are attempting to go against your own nature, and you suffer from it. And so, in all that you do, all that you are about, this day, it is simply this practice, and we're going to go to our lesson now. My sight goes forward to look upon Christ's face. Now listen, this is our prayer. This is your heartfelt prayer right now. I ask your blessing on my sight today. Father, I ask your blessing on my sight today. It is the means which you have chosen to become the way to show me my mistakes and look beyond them. It is given me to find a new perception through the guide you gave to me. And through his lessons to surpass perception and return to truth. I love this idea of per- surpass perception. Mm-hmm. It's, it is greater. It is what you want. It is your heart's desire. Right? You, you do not let your sight stop short of seeing. The means are given you. Your request is fulfilled today. So I'm going to read that once again. It is given me to find a new perception through the guide you gave to me and through his lessons to surpass perception and to return to truth. I ask for the illusion which transcends all those I made still an illusion, 
but it transcends all those I made. Today I choose to see a world forgiven in which everyone shows me the face of Christ and teaches me that what I look upon belongs to me, that nothing is except your Holy Son. Today our sight is blessed indeed. We share one vision as we look upon the face of Him whose self is ours. We are one because of Him who is the Son of God, of Him who is our own identity. So let us just be with that. And I'm going to play. I don't know. I'll figure it out. (laughs) We're going to play something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's go with this one. All right.
Thank you so much. Most of you will recognize that as the song of heaven without words. <laughs> Thank you so much. So we have uh, just a couple more minutes. And um, what I would like to do, and I'm going to give Audrey a moment to turn to it, from the Manual for Teachers, How Many Teachers of God Are Needed to Save the World. We're going to read the last three paragraphs. I can't imagine um, today is the ninth day of what is the body, so uh, we have tomorrow still. But uh, for this morning lesson, um, this is the last time I'll have the opportunity to do it online. So I'm going to read these three paragraphs because I think it uh, brings home every idea that we are uh, looking at. I don't know the number. So it's probably going to be right after Probably like 10 or 11, somewhere in there. Can you look at the table of contents? I don't have numbers where I'm at. So how many teachers of God are needed to save the world? Okay, so I'm just going to spend a little moment here and give them time to find it. Did you find it? Did you find it? Okay, good. So we'll go to the last three paragraphs. Yet what makes God's teachers is their recognition of the proper purpose of the body. As they advance in their profession, they become more and more certain that the body's function is but to let God's voice speak through it to human ears. And these ears will carry to the mind of the hearer messages that are not of this world, and the mind will understand because of their source, capital S for source. From this understanding will come the recognition in this new teacher of God of what the body's purpose really is and the only use there really is for it. This lesson is enough to let the thought of unity come in, and what is one is recognized as one. The teachers of God appear to share the illusion of separation, but because of what they use the body for, they do not believe in the illusion despite appearances. The central lesson is always this, that what you use the body for it will become to you. Use it for sin or for attack, which is the same as sin, and you will see it as sinful. Because it is sinful, it is weak, and being weak, it suffers and it dies. Use it to bring the word of God to those who have it not, and the body becomes holy. It is holy. Because it is holy, it cannot be sick nor can it die? When its usefulness is done, it is laid by, and that is all. The mind makes its decision as it makes all decisions that are responsible for the body's condition. Yet the teacher of God does not make this decision alone. To do that would, to, would be to give the body another purpose 
from the one that keeps it holy. God's voice will tell him when he has fulfilled his role, just as it tells him what his function is. He does not suffer either in going or remaining. Sickness is now impossible to him. Oneness and sickness cannot coexist. God's teachers choose to look on dreams a while. It is a conscious choice, for they have learned that all choices are made consciously with full awareness of their consequences. The dream says otherwise, but who would put his faith in dreams once they are recognized for what they are? Listen. Awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die, yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams, and it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the, as behind the dream, beyond all seeming, and yet surely theirs. And we're going to close by reading our prayer once more. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. I ask your blessing on my sight today. It is the means which you have chosen to become the way to show me my mistakes and look beyond them. It is given me to find a new perception through the guide you gave to me and through his lessons to surpass perception and return to truth. I ask for the illusion which transcends all those I made. Are you okay? Today I choose to see a world forgiven in which everyone shows me the face of Christ and teaches me that what I look upon belongs to me, that nothing is except your Holy Son. Today, our sight is blessed indeed. We share one vision as we look upon the face of him whose self is ours. We are one because of him who is the Son of God, of him who is our own identity. Thank you so much. It's an amazing lesson. And today we are going to continue um, as we watch the next video in our series, which is once again the stem cell regeneration series. And it's a lesson. I place the future in the hands of God. I place the future in the hands of God. The stem cell research and the resurrection of our body be free. I love you all so much and thank you for being here. And um, with that, I'm just going to say have the most wonderful day and I will see you 
out there. You have been listening to Voice from Heaven, live in the Miracles Healing Center. Remember that God's voice speaks to you all through the day, that God goes with you wherever you go, and that God is the mind with which you think. God bless us, everyone.